you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There she is, ladies and gentlemen. The Iron Lady sings with that makes it official. Welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by. As always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter. The thing grows like a weed, like every day it goes out on the weekdays. People love the damn thing. And uh, I didn't even know there was that many active people on LinkedIn, but I guess there is. I joined the 130,000 group on LinkedIn as well. Go to good, what is it? Uh, Chris Foss, Facebook.com and Chris Foss one tickety talkity. And we have an amazing author and mind on the show. He's going to help you become more radical, but he's going to redefine the term in a sense that uh, probably makes more sense and can help change your life. So he's not asking you to like to storm any castles or anything, but, uh, or, or to come up with any new Taylor Swift conspiracy theories that's going on right now in 2024. If you're watching this show five to 10 years from now on YouTube, he's, he's just going to teach you what radical really means, at least in, in what he defines it and how it can help you. He is the author of the latest book to come out on the show. And uh, we'll be talking about his book and everything that went into it and all that good stuff. In the meantime, let's go ahead and introduce him. The book is entitled Masterpiece. What would you do with all the time and money in the world? Came out February 2nd, 2021. Alexander Inchbald is on the show with us today. He is a global authority on creativity and how we use it to reinvent business in harmony with Mother Nature. He leads the Masterpiece Agency, designing personal journeys for purposeful pioneers and their teams to elevate themselves to the next level by creating and communicating their masterpiece. He has helped over 2,000 changemakers to discover their purpose in life and hundreds to get clarity on their next chapter of their life. Everything he does is based on his mystical experiences, painting around the world in blizzards, gale force winds, and tropical storms. These experiences in his research into psychology, physiology, metaphysics, epigenetics have helped him realize we are not passive participants in the universe beyond our control, but active creator of our own playground. He is a best-selling author a few times over and has worked on all of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals for some of the largest and most recognized companies, including the UN, the World Health Organization, the Red Cross, UNICEF, HP, Samsung, P&G, Unilever, Mercedes-Benz, Chloe, and Rocher. His paintings have been exhibited at Google and Tesla, and he lives with his family above Lake Geneva. Welcome to the show, Alexander. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Boy, that's quite a resume you got there. You've worked for a lot of great companies and helped envision them. Give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. So if you want to go and see my paintings, go to my personal website, alexander-inchbald. So that's inch as in a measurement and bald as in, if you're watching this on video, you'll see that there's not much hair on my head. So inchbald.com. And for the Masterpiece Agency, it's the masterpiece.com agency the masterpiece or one word dot agency 
There you go. I've been looking over your photos and videos. People got to see this at alexander-inchball.com where you're literally on like mountainsides and up on rocks painting beautiful mountain vistas and, and lakes and stuff. But you, you literally have like this giant easel. It looks like a giant TV strapped to the ground. And clearly you've, you've got it strapped down so it doesn't blow off. <laughs> away from Silicon <laughs> but this is wild I mean you're just you're just out there uh, in the element uh, painting these beautiful vistas and stuff yeah look I'll tell you one very quick story actually two very quick stories so the first one uh, painting up at 3,800 meters which is over 10,000 feet painting Mont Blanc it took me 45 minutes literally to tie this canvas to the railings because the wind literally it was a 50 mile an hour wind horizontal snow blowing into my eyes and another one you can see the video and th there's an interesting story around that because i couldn't actually see the mountain and come back to that one but the second story right like this really big easel one of the biggest easels i've ever painted outside and you can see this video on my website it's it's a painting of the alleged glacier the longest glacier in europe which is about 16 17 miles long from top to bottom predicted mm -hmm. to disappear by the end of the decade, thanks to global warming. Wow. goes from the, the Jungfrau Jok right at the top and the Eiger, you know, the north face of the Eiger, all mm -hmm. the way down to the bottom. And this big canvas that I painted. And if you go and watch the video, you'll see something extraordinary happen right at the end. He said, I tie it down so it doesn't blow away. Go and watch the video and you'll see exactly what happened. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary. I've never seen anybody do that. Who's the... Who's that famous guy who with the hair, Bob, what was his name? Who He'd do those uh, PBS shows where he'd talk really softly to him, kind of kind of meditatively. Bob, I want to say. Bob Proctor? I don't know who the guy was on. I think people know who I'm talking about. He had the big Afro hair in the 70s. Oh, okay. No, that, not Bob Proctor. Do you know what? Living in Europe, we don't get PBS. Well, oh, that's true. PBS, that's true. So. Got the BBC and you can't swear. There you go. <laughs> yes, that's quite the interesting television you have over there. But you do have Monty Python, so we forgive you, you for do. that. Yeah, there you go. And a lot of other great shows. I grew up watching uh, Who's the Guy with All the Chicks Running Around All the Time, Super Fast, Sped Up. The Saint or? No. There was the, the circus music that went with the, everything he did was sped up. It was a voice around the tip of it. It'll come to me, but it wasn't the most cleanest show. <laughs> so your book, Masterpiece, what would you do with all the time and money in the world? Give us a 30,000 overview of what went into this book. Everything, my entire life. Uh, yeah. it, tells, it tells my life story, Okay, how I suppressed my creativity. Mm -hmm. Age 16, my dad basically came to me when all I, all I dreamed of doing was becoming an artist. And he said, you know, I know you've just painted your best painting ever, but I've just spoken to your, your art teacher and your mother, and we've come to the conclusion that you are not good enough to become a professional artist. Wow. And, and my dreams were devastated, Chris. Like, that was my dream of doing that. And I went rock bottom. And when I say rock bottom, I don't think you can go much lower. I stopped eating properly. I ended up drinking a lot at university. I ended up in in hospital twice thanks to drinking too much wow and you know that that whole journey was was a journey down and what i discovered in the process was how you how you can suppress creativity you can't kill it you know yeah ken robinson so ken robinson bless him no longer here uh, in mm -hmm. his famous ted talk he says do schools kill creativity you can't you're dead if you yeah. if you kill, kill creativity so you can't do it but it then compares Vincent van Gogh and mm -hmm. Michelangelo and compares 
the two of them, and both of them had exactly the same thing happen. Wow. And the difference between them, without giving the game away, is that Vincent listened to his father mm -hmm. and stopped painting for 12 years. Wow. And I stopped painting for 14 years, and Michelangelo did it anyway. Came home, was beaten <laughs> by his dad, did it anyway, continued, created his first masterpiece, age 25, and painted until the age of eight, or created masterpieces until the age of 30, no, 87. Wow. Whereas our friend Vincent, over here, the mask, if you're watching this on video, mm -hmm. died at the age of 37. So it then goes on mm -hmm. to deconstruct what happened with both of those and then applies the principles behind that to how you can unlock creativity in yourself, create your masterpiece, and how you can do it in business as well with your team. There you go. There you go. You know, you're, you're only, you, I think you said you were 16 at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're still a developing artist at that point, you know? I mean, people, you know, if you're, if you're like in a band, you know, you don't musically kind of hit your stride till maybe a few years later or whatever, but you're still developing, you know, right? What did your dad want you to do? Do you want you to go get a, a real job sort of thing, work in the mines or <laughs> what, was, what was his intent there? You know, you have to understand where he was coming from at the time. Where did he want me to go? He wanted me to go into business because he thought that was how I'd make money. Mm. What I didn't know at the time was that he was going through some pretty big challenges himself. Wow. And he was just projecting those onto me. So two years earlier, he was the youngest partner in, in the company, the real estate company he was a partner in. And their company had all, almost gone bust. And a year wow. afterwards, thanks to the stress, he had three foot cut out of his stomach. Oh, so geez. he was a guy who was who was stressed, right? Mm -hmm. He was doing this not because he he didn't like my art, not because he didn't love me. In fact, on the contrary, he thought he was doing the best thing for me. Yeah. And you know what? If I'd never gone that low, I would never have worked out how to liberate creativity and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And you know, the hundreds of people that I've worked with over, around the world, I wouldn't have helped them. There you go. Liberate creativity i like that that could be a title of a book or a t-shirt or a coffee mug so there you go so story of how you went through that adventure and refound yourself i guess after 14 years of of giving up on it and how did you how did you come up how did you come out of it how did you how did you reawaken and and after 14 years and go screw what my dad said i'm gonna i'm gonna do this first of all i left the country so i was living in the uk Mm -hmm. And I moved to the Alps and mm -hmm. I was living on top of a mountain. And on my 30th birthday, mm -hmm. I remember sitting there with a friend and saying to him, I'm going to start painting again. And it still took me six months to pick up a paintbrush. Mm -hmm. And I started painting and I was inspired by a quote by the author Paolo Coelho. And I painted this piece and I shed floods of tears the first time, Chris. Oh, wow. And then I get all the times that I hadn't painted, all the times that I'd suppressed this artist inside me. And then I, I, I just started painting again. I mean, the first paintings, let's be honest, they, they were rubbish. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta, you know, no one, no one, I'm, I don't think any artist has ever painted a masterpiece in their first try, right? No. Maybe, maybe, I mean, they, have, maybe they have been, there's probably some talent people that are good at. Pablo Picasso, I mean, he was painting pretty amazing pieces at the age of nine. You know, oh, Mozart, he was composing symphonies yeah. about the same yeah. age. You know, there are people who come out and they're just genius, genius. But mm -hmm. if you look at a Michelangelo, yeah, you know, age 25, he, he, he sculpted David, uh, which was mm -hmm. his first masterpiece. 
If you look at Vincent, he wasn't really creating a masterpiece. The Dutch will hate me for this, but until the age of 35, I would say. And it was only in the last two years that he was really creating anything of any merit. And then we look back and we go, oh, look, there's the journey. And these are masterpieces. Between you and me, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Most people don't know. I just made this up. <laughs> Most people don't know. The reason he, he picked David and not Chad, because Chad actually was better lung. He just didn't have enough clay and so or stone. Wait, hold on. This joke just started feeling because I don't know whether it's clay or stone because I've never seen it in person. But uh, yeah, that's the whole reason he's got that uh, guy who looks like uh, he just came out of the cold ocean hanging there. Anyway, that's that's. <laughs> Oh, we write the jokes sometimes in my head on the fly, and sometimes they're working until is it? But nobody would ever tell, Chris. <laughs> Not with that way, but I think he's carved out of stone, right? Or is he clay? Marble. Yeah. Marble. See, I knew that. That was in the joke. Somebody do fix that and edit. Yeah, no, no, no one would tell. I've just given the game away, Chris. <laughs> just, no one would tell. He just ran out of clay. Was hey, yeah, that joke doesn't even work now. So, but hey, sometimes when they, sometimes you. You kill when you die. So there you go. So now you've found your 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 artistry, your creativity, your your painting. How did you turn this into something where now you're helping people and organizations be empowered using your creativity? It was it was a journey. I mean, you know, at the time I was working in communications, so I spent 15 years running agencies in the UK and then left and mm. ended up working on all the sustainable development goals for organizations like the UN, UNICEF, World Health Organization, Red Cross, people like that. And, you know, there was a pivotal moment where I started to go out into the mountains and I started to have these experiences that you can't really explain with, with modern science. Like things would happen, the weather would change, I'd end up in a blizzard or gale force winds and I started to get some insights and there, there were insights about how creativity works and how change works and I was like oh my god wouldn't it be amazing if we unlocked all the creativity in every single person in these big organizations and so I started to take these insights back and nobody was ready to hear them oh, wow. okay and so what it boiled down to in the end was it was a question of design, but also a question of mindset. So I realized that that wasn't going to fly. Mm -hmm. And I then went on a long journey to try and work out how to use these insights and apply them in a business context. And I started off by running a couple of workshops called Unleash Your Creativity uh, mm -hmm. with a friend of mine who was a master NLP coach. And we ran two of those workshops. And then we got invited to Jordan by a, a guy who, who was building websites for me. So he had a team of 15, 20 people. And he said, will you come and run a workshop with us? And we did. Mm. And we ran it literally in Jordan looking over Israel. And it was, a, it was an incredible workshop. And this was the first time I'd run a team workshop. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, I could do this. So then from there, I started to develop the tools and then find the right audience. And then the same guy, Heath, came back to me and he said, would you run a workshop for me as an individual to help me to work out what I'm, you know, my masterpiece? I said, yeah, sure. And anyway, his, his, first, his first masterpiece, if you exclude the, the company he was running, was a program to help refugees who are not allowed to work by the UN 
to actually use their skills to actually create something. So kind of the original maker idea. Mm-hmm. And eventually he, he exited that and it's, it's still an ongoing concern. Oh, wow. There you go. So how did you get into this painting on the mountains all the time? And, and uh, is this your main form of, of uh, artistry? Yeah, unless you include writing or coaching or skiing mm-hmm. or, but the the main way I, I I do it yeah is painting. So, I was speaking to one of my mentors, a mm-hmm. woman called Elizabeth De Vries, who's based in LA, and she said to me, "You need to go out and paint outside." And I've been painting in the studio. Like when you're in an atelier in a studio, there's no wind, everything's controlled. You know the paints are nice. And I went outside this first time, and I cannot begin to tell you, Chris. The change, like the winds running through my hair. These were the days when I had hair. So wind running through the hair, and like the wind is running through the through the the, the grass, and it's making these really interesting patterns. And I'm like, this is amazing. The, the painting was terrible because I wasn't used to everything moving. Like the canvas was moving, the grass was moving. How do you slow things down enough in order to be able to see what is actually there? Mm-hmm. And so I started to really struggle with this, and. Then I just continued, and in the end, I, I ended up painting in more and more extreme locations around the wow. world. Wow! And so you probably find it really inspiring, like it fills your soul as a as a creative person, and and you know, here you are in this real environment. You're not just you know, you're in a comfortable, you're not just in a comfortable studio where you're just like, hey, the air conditioning and and the, there's no wind and stuff. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at the easels and how you have tied stuff down. And like, I'm just imagining, you know, the gale force winds going through some of these off some of these mountains. Cause you know, that's how it rolls. And it's just trying to, you know, get this thing painted probably with some cold hands and everything else. So it kind of takes maybe creativity and endurance and uh, discipline to like a next level for you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you down to Provence if I may for a second. And this mm-hmm. is where I got inspired to actually tie the canvas down. So you can imagine I'm, I'm in front of a field of lavender. So there's mm-hmm. rows of lavender, this beautiful purple lavender, and there's a tree in the middle. And right behind me is Mont Ventoux, which is this kind of epic, legendary mountain that comes straight out of Provence in the south of France. And it's where they take the Tour de France up every so often. It literally just sticks out. Anyway, it gets really windy down there. So they have the Mistral wind. And this Mistral wind, it's not warm. It's a cold wind. It comes straight down Mont Ventoux. And it was coming up to where I was standing on this kind of rocky outcrop in front of this field. Mm. And I'm standing there. I've got my canvas in front of you, if you can imagine this. And literally, the canvas is moving in the wind. And I'm trying to take my brush and canvas, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you've ever tried to do something where you're not in control. It's very, very frustrating. So I'm trying to do this. And the canvas is hitting the brush without me moving the brush. I'm like, literally, fuck this. So after three hours... I'm, I'm, I, what I've done is I, I've put stones into the, like the, there's an easel with a, with a drawer in it and I've put stones in it and it's still rocking around. The canvas is still moving. Do you know, Chris, I got to the point where I was shouting at the wind. I was literally, I was going, I was going, maybe a bit Vincent, like I was going a little bit crazy. I was like, what the f- are you doing? Because I'm trying to paint here and this is a great view. So in the end, after three hours, I gave up. I gave up. I went back to the B&B. This is before Airbnb. I went back to the B&B. Following day, got up, went and hid somewhere, painted a painting. wasn't great. Got in my car, went and had lunch. Got out from lunch, 
put into the GPS the address where I was living back in Switzerland, started to drive, and then saw there was a four-hour delay on the autoroute to Slade, the main highway back to Geneva. I was like, I'm not doing that. So I turned around. And the detour takes me right back where I was painting the previous day. Oh, wow. This is a sign. <laughs> it's a sign that you're, it's like, you need to go back and do that. Yeah. So I started the canvas in the car, right? So I drive yeah. it. And, and I, 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 I said to myself, maybe I'll set up again. So I set up the canvas again. And just like you, I was like, maybe there's a sign. Maybe I'm supposed to learn something here. Mm -hmm. so I sit down and I still my mind, right? Mm -hmm. And I have this crazy thought. I have one of these sponges. You know those ocean sponges you get, really beautiful sponges. Yeah. And, and I pick up this sponge and I go to the canvas and I load the palette up with paint. And I fill the, the, literally I dab this sponge into different paint. And then I grab the size of the canvas. And I suddenly have this revelation, which I don't think I was conscious of at the time. But the only thing in this whole landscape, you know, the trees blowing in the wind, the lavender's blowing in the wind, the canvas is blowing in the wind, everything's blowing in the wind, except this dumb Brit standing in the wind, trying to resist the wind. <laughs> You see this, right? Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, what if I just allow the wind to move through me? And I followed the line of the wind, and the whole canvas transformed in literally 10 minutes. I was like, wow, what just happened here? Oh, wow. And this was the beginning of a revelation. And the revelation you can summarize simply as what you resist most persists and grows. Oh. She's Carl Jung, right? There you go. What you resist, give that to me one more time. So that what you resist persists and grows. And it's oh, Carl Jung, the psychologist, oh. father of modern psychology. Yeah. Who said that. What I understood afterwards was actually, if you embrace it, you embrace the resistance, it kind of partners with you. Oh, there you go. And, and, and you were kind of resisting your creativity for 14 years. So that was festering, and now you finally embraced it, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, who else is doing that in the world? How yeah. many of us have resisted our own creativity? How many of us have, have said, you know, I'm not artistic. I can't draw. I mm -hmm. can't paint. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not creative. Well, where does that come from? People told us that, you know, don't don't be creative or you, know, you suck at this. Usually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like my dad. Yeah, I mean, at school kills a lot of creativity. I had that's why I had trouble in school. It's because I have a cr pretty creative mind and a lot of pattern recognition, and so I figure stuff out pretty quick. I seem to have some sort of I don't know. I've always had it since I was young. I figured out a lot of things were bullshit when I was young, and uh, maybe it, it, it might have been a response to growing up in a cult and seeing what that was about. I think that's, I think that's, it was incredibly tra traumatizing. It, it helped me recognize patterns very quickly. So it may have been a survival tool that I was going through that in a chaotic childhood, but uh, be, doing those things really helped me develop. And, but in school, it, creativity just kills or schools kill creativity. I mean, they don't, they want you to, I always have this image in my head that I always go back to. You probably, you probably seen this, but Pink Floyd's video of the wall where oh. the kids are marching lockstep through the machinery of, of, of a production line at a factory. 
just always comes to mind. That's always what I think of. And uh, I, I think there's, you know, it used to be, I don't know how things are going in, in your end of the world over in Europe, but here in America, they've killed off a lot of art classes. You know, a lot of liberal art stuff has gone out the window with budgets and stuff. And when I grew up, there was still art. They would teach you art and stuff, and you'd have an art teacher encourage you to do some creativity. But for the most part, that was like all the creativity. You know, if you wanted to... If you, I don't know, if you wanted to get it weird on math or creativity and anything else, you know, it, that wasn't encouraged. It's like you can you stick to your art class. So, yeah, it's interesting how that's working out right now. And and it, that, now how does that lead, you know, repressing who you are or, or what your, your talents are or what you want to do? How does that lead into what we teased out earlier in the show about radical you know, you talk about having a radical agency is what we talked about in the green room of your show as, as, a, as, a, as on your website. What, what does radical mean to you and does that play into what we were talking about just now? Yeah, it does. So radical comes from the Greek word radex, which means root. Mm. So to be radical is actually to go back to the root, to go mm. back to the origin. And agency, mm. believe it or not, comes from the Latin agentum, which means effective or powerful. So mm -hmm. agency, as we understand it, is only a kind of 18th, 19th century concept, post-industrial revolution, where mm -hmm. we will do it on behalf of someone. But the origins of agency are actually you have agency. So a radical agency is going back to the root so that you have agency to create your masterpiece, to bring into the world whatever it is you are here to bring into the world. Mm. There you go. So you lead a radical agency, as you put on your website, under Masterpiece Agency, and you lead personal journeys for purposeful pioneers to elevate themselves to the next level. Tell you, tell us about the work that you do there. You've done the work with the, uh, and you've, you've learned from some of your work with SDGs, the UN, UNICEF, Red Cross, etc. Tell us some of the work you've done with them and, and work you, that you do with organizations. Sure. The, the, there's kind of really two parts to this. So we do personal journeys for individuals. So mm -hmm. people who just want to go out and create their own masterpiece. And then we do work with organizations. And actually the organizations you mentioned there, I'm not working with those at the moment. Why? Because mm -hmm. honestly, they're not going to help us to realize the SDGs. The mm -hmm. most we can honestly get from the UN was the SDGs themselves. Why? Mm -hmm. Because the design of those organizations is designed to create a framework, but not to actually implement it. Now, there may be people listening to this who are now going to disagree with me, you know, full on, fine. I'm, I'm willing to, to, to discuss that one at length. The organizations which are really going to make the difference in the world are, and look, and d don't get me wrong here, they're doing great work, okay? Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is, or what I'm saying is that that framework is amazing and the yeah. work that they're doing is fantastic but we can accelerate it and the organizations which are really going to make the difference are those who are leading with purpose so what is it we do we start off by helping somebody to articulate the purpose i just mm -hmm. literally had a conversation about an hour ago two hours ago with a consultant who's done a lot of big transformational work and in 26 minutes helped him to work out his purpose now, oh, wow. purpose for me is who you are and why you're on the planet. 
Mm-hmm. And as a lot of people, it's what you do. For me, I call that your masterpiece. And so what we do with those organizations mm-hmm. is we help them to unlock their purpose, discover their purpose, work out their mission, what they're called to do next, and then link them to creating their masterpiece. And we work with HP, you know, I work with the chief sustainability officer there, and they, they went off on a journey, they implemented what we developed with PwC. Mm-hmm. And when they implemented that three-year roadmap, at the end of it, they were voted by, oh, which magazine was it? Newslife as mm-hmm. the most sustainable company in North America. And they've now been awarded that four years running, which is oh, wow. for a company that essentially produces printers and pulls chemicals out of the ground and puts them on paper. It's pretty impressive, right? That transformation. Yes. Similar journey that we went on with Chloe. They became B Corp certified, first luxury goods, luxury fashion company Mm -hmm. to become B Corp certified. So that's what we do with with teams. And then we do the same thing with individuals, but we can be a little bit more adventurous with where we go. So for instance, last October, we were, last November, we were in Belize. This year, Mm -hmm. we're going to be going to Kyoto in Japan. Oh, wow into Cappadocia in Turkey, probably out into the desert in Abu Dhabi or possibly in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be going to, where else are we going to? Oh, we'll probably be coming to North America at some point. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and possibly Kenya. So We have some pretty things here you can, uh, you can paint. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few pretty things here. It's mostly concrete and buildings but there's a couple mountains running around here the uh, we tried to pave over everything as americans but there's still time uh <laughs> well, you have yosemite and yeah. you have some of the most beautiful yeah. national parks in the world we stunningly beautiful we're gonna pave them next week the uh, that's how we that's how we roll in america america we pave <laughs> everything over with concrete you know, Californians are going to need a place to move after this recent, this is some crazy storm hitting us that's just burying us with rain. It's it's certainly, it's, it's like a 100, 150 year event or something. So yeah, it's, it's a little hard to deny global warming these days when you see what's going on. I mean, I think this is the second massive event they've had. They, they've had like, I think they had to issue a hurricane things for the first time in california or something like that i was reading this morning those of you are watching it's 2024 people that comment on our videos from 10 years ago 10 12 15 somebody did over the weekend i'm just like are you seriously commenting on that video that product so how do you how do what 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 do you see each of us that we can do to change the climate considering the craziness of what's going on or help create peace in the world? You know, we've got two wars going, kind of two wars. I mean, technically, if you count the Israeli-Hamas thing, I know there's some saber-rattling going on around the world in some different places as well. What do you see that each of us can do to change, have an impact in the world? Yeah, look, my wife is, is Ukrainian, so mm-hmm. my children are half Ukrainian. Wow. And in 2014, when pro-Russian troops invaded Donetsk, my mother-in-law was living there. And she doesn't live in Donetsk anymore because she was detained illegally mm-hmm. for 10 days by pro-Russian forces. And when she escaped, literally with her life, we said, you need to come and live with us. And that was 10 years ago. So she's yep. been living with us almost for 10 years. So for me, the concept of war is not something that I see out there. It's something I see at home because... You know, when, when she moved in, she was traumatized. Yeah. You know, imagine being held by 
with with 30 other people underground being fed once a day and seeing your co-captors being beaten what's that going to do to your psyche and you know what i realized is that to be a refugee you know we see people lose their homes lose their families lose all their possessions but Mm -hmm. what i don't think most of us really appreciate is that what we really use lose is ourselves because all of those things outside of ourselves actually define who we are so we actually lose the essence of ourselves our identity our identity and the here and kind of lies part of the solution so as gandhi said be the change you want to see in the world Mm -hmm. not act on the change not think about the change not talk about the change not do anything and so we see a lot of people doing you know great stuff like you know planting trees and recycling plastic and all of that is great and we can accelerate that we can Mm -hmm. move that faster how by reconnecting to our true nature because if everything on the planet all of the tension that we see is created by us in disconnection from mother nature then the simple solution is re- to reconnect to mother nature how do we do that we reconnect to our true nature what's purpose mm-hmm. about it's about connecting ourselves to our true nature mm-hmm. what is my painting about it's about being in a state where i'm connected to nature and when we are connected to nature all sorts of extraordinary things happen so actually i think the solution to climate the solution to peace is actually easier and far harder than we're told for me it's not about doing more it's about being more it's about being who we truly are and if you just put this into context there's not enough land on the planet to plant enough trees or to plant all the trees which have been promised to be Mm -hmm. planted and i think it was the the today program but no the evening show which pointed that out it's like okay if that's true then what do we do we'll panic we'll give up or is there a simpler way of doing this? And so to me, it's about, it's about reconnecting. And what I see is that a lot of people are moving towards sustainability as a reaction to unsustainability. And if you're following the idea of resistance, just you know, if you resist something, it persists and grows, then the solution cannot be more resistance. Mm-hmm. Can't there you go. So on your website, you have several things that you offer here. Tell us about some of them. You've got purpose sessions on discovering your purpose. You've got a, a pathway to elevate your perspective. Is that you on the cliff there? It's not actually, not on that photo. There you go. No, it's a beautiful it. shot, though. It's yeah, it pretty amazing. Shot. How to elevate your communications. Tell us about some of these offerings you have and how people can onboard with you or reach out to you and handshake with you to uh, get involved. So look, if you fancy working out your purpose, come and join us tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 a.m. on the West Coast. And that's a complimentary session we run every couple of weeks. If you go to the masterpiece.agency and you'll see, as Chris is seeing, there's just a, a navigation item at the top there on the menu called Purpose Session. Just click on that mm-hmm. and follow down and register and We'll work out your purpose for you. Those sessions are unbelievably powerful. And that's why I do them because it's so much fun to do. Then if you want to go a little bit further, you mentioned the Masterpiece Pathway. So if you're looking at this on video, you'll see behind me an infinite loop. This is the Masterpiece Pathway. And it 
I'm not going to go into all of it, but really quickly, it basically says, you know, there's an artist inside us, there's a creative director outside of us. We need both of these forces when we're creating. So mm-hmm. when I paint, for instance, I'm resourcing myself, I'm going on, on this pathway here to place a brushstroke on the canvas, and then I'm going back and resourcing myself. But you can also map this the lifetime of a person, you know what, the history of humankind, the history of the planet. It's a fractal model. And that's the pathway. It's designed to help people unlock their creativity, discover their destiny, and get clarity over what they're really here to do. And then we offer other retreats, so offline retreats. And the next one's called the Samurai. So we're going to Japan. Samurai is really interesting because, you know, in the Bushido code, which is the code behind the Samurai, they say Mm -hmm. the artist without the warrior is not a true artist. And the warrior without the artist is not a true warrior. In other words, you need both of these aspects within ourselves in order to truly create, which is the same conclusion I came to. And that, that starts off a sequence this year where we're helping individuals to literally create their, their masterpiece. But each person, what we do is we work out a journey for them, a specific journey for them. And that may mean offline, it may mean online, it may be in person, it may also mean communications. So for instance, <coughs> you know, when somebody's worked out what their masterpiece is, we're also there to support them to actually bring their communications, bring that to life through communications. Because I spent you know, 15 years working out how to design and develop websites. And so you go and look at my websites, you'll see the design is really simple, super zen. We also help people to, to actually go through that journey. So it's all the way from working out your purpose, all the way through to actually bringing it into the world and, and creating something powerful. But the key is just to start somewhere. And then we do the same thing for organizations as well. So you'll see, you'll see a piece there for teams. And if you want to do something with the team, you can, you can read up about that. There you go. You know, creativity is so important in business. I've been an entrepreneur all my life since 18. Being able to create, being able to, to have a mindset of, of, you know, everything you build as an entrepreneur, you, you, you take something that's nothing and, and you sit down and you, you build, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, billion dollar companies, you know, you see some of the ideas that Elon Musk has come up with. Not sure he's the most stable guy with some of the drugs he's taking, but these days, but, but uh, you see, you know, a lot of, a lot of the vision that he had for some of his companies, how he built them, Steve Jobs and other people around the world that are, uh, you know, kind of stick out in people's mind, but people do that every day with business. I mean, sometimes I've sat around in my companies that, you know, 13, 20 years later, I'm looking back at this, you know, sprawling company and hundreds of employees and you're, you're looking around going, Jesus, I built this from scratch. This is an idea in my head. This is a dream. And uh, for big companies like HP or or uh, massive corporations like that, creativity is super important because if you're not coming up with the latest and newest idea, your competitors are and bringing them to market. And then, of course, being creative, I think, gives you a different outlook on life than just being locked up in, you know, this is the way we've always done it, so this is the way we do it. You know, you see companies like Kodak and, and other companies that, that fought and resisted even when they had the ability to eat their own lunch with, like, digital photography. They're just like, no, we, we've got to keep doing it with film, you know, and, and bury, just bury that idea, that digital idea. You know, who's going to want that? You know, it's like IBM was the old, I think it was Watson, one of their, 
original CEOs who said, there's no reason to have personal compute. No one would ever want personal computers. There's, there's only, you know, there's maybe 10 or 12 that need to be done in the world. You know, you miss that ball. So creativity is so important. And I think, I think from a mindset of creativity, you just, your, your, your mind is so far expanded. You think about other things than just rudimentary sort of thought processes to get through the day. And, and it, it puts you more in touch with the world. And I think, you know, you would say probably the universe and, and other things. It, 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 it can make a difference in your organization. And I think it makes a difference in the most successful organizations in the world. You know, who would have thunk that you could put all those items into an iPhone and build the iPhone? You know, who would have thunk that you could you could jack a tactile keyboard on a cell phone like BlackBerry had, and they thought they were at the top of the world. You know, they come out with a touchscreen that does it, and, you know, all the different innovations. And you see what's come out of the innovations of Apple with Steve Jobs, even the new AR glasses that have come out, or XR, whatever you want to call them this week. You know, I think that there's going to be a creativity splurge that's going to come out of there that's going to be amazing. So creativity is just so important. So, Alexander, uh, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Give us your on. Give us a way people can onboard your dot coms and where how people can reach out to you and, and get on board with you. So, go to the masterpiece dot agency, the masterpiece mm-hmm. all one word dot agency, and just follow that link purpose session and you know sign up and we'll help you work out your purpose or just get in touch if you've been inspired with anything here. You'll see a let's talk in the bottom right hand corner. And if you want to go and get inspired by some of the paintings I've created, go to alexander-inchgold.com. That's I-N-C-H-B-A-L-D.com. And you'll find there a series of videos, some of the pictures that Chris was talking about, me standing on top of mountains, canvases on top of mountains. And you can also step into some virtual galleries there. So you know, some 3D galleries, and you can see the, the series of paintings when I was black, when I was white. And then there's also some videos which explain the stories of each of those paintings because each each painting tells a story. And you're right, Chris, you know, we need creativity in the world. And yeah. a lot of people say well, AI is going to solve it for us. AI is only as good as the input. Mm-hmm. And and really, we're the creative ones because we're sitting there, you know, giving the, the prompts and creating the sort of elements. You know, I see what people are doing with, with ChatGPT and then different AI image models. And, you know, they're, they're, they're playing with them all the time, giving them like different prompts to see what comes out. So really the kind of the creativity is what we're coming. Most of what's being painted and some of the videos I've seen are really, you know, they're designed by human beings and human beings being creative. And basically the, the AI is just being used to paint the pictures of, of what their creative inputs are doing. So it's, it's almost more like, I don't know. It's interesting to see how what what AI will come up with, but still we're at the creative core of it. So hopefully it always stays that way. But I don't know. There's still time to turn into Terminator. So that's there. <laughs> Gotta love those AI Terminator jokes. Dun dun dun. So thank you very much for coming to the show, Alexander. It's been wonderful to have you on. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here. There you go. And thanks, Manus, for tuning in. Order up his book, wherever fine books are sold, or you can go to his website. And I think you said it's free on your website. Is that correct? You can download the PDF on my website. So just next to Purpose Sessions, you'll see a link to book. Click on the book, and you will be able to download it or purchase it on Amazon.com. It's also available on, on lots of other stores as well. If you go to your local bookstore, you should be able to get it too. There you go. 
Order up wherever fine books are sold, folks. Masterpiece. What would you do with all the time and money in the world? As always, go to goodreads.com for says Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for says Chris Foss, YouTube.com for says Chris Foss, and Chris Foss One on the tickety talkity over there. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>